If you want to spend less time going to the grocery store, then you need to check out ButcherBox. It's a super convenient way to find high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. ButcherBox only sells 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. And you know what all that means. No antibiotics or added hormones, so you get peace of mind that you're eating healthy food. On top of all that, ButcherBox makes shopping simpler because it gets delivered right to your doorstep. Shipping is always free, and you can customize your meal plan so you're only getting exactly what you want. We've tried everything from pork chops to tenderloins at our house, and they're always a huge hit. ButcherBox prices are as good or better than what you can find at the store, plus they have exclusive member deals, as well as a ton of recipes, cooking tips, and other kitchen hacks to choose from. So sign up at ButcherBox.com LISC and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. So sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash LISK, L-I-S-K, and use code LISK to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus $20 off your first order. Yo tengo casi 33 años de ser, de ser forense. Nunca había visto una, una escena así. In spring 2021, reporter Brian Avelar launched an investigation that began in the depths of a grave dug by a serial killer and ended with the government forcing him and other journalists to flee El Salvador. Sonoro and Revista Factum present Humo, Murder and Silence in El Salvador. The story behind a country where the truth and its citizens' rights are buried under the weight of power. Señor Ministro. ¿Dónde está Karen y Eduardo Guerrero? ¿Dónde están mis hijos? Listen to Humo, Murder and Silence in El Salvador, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for this bonus mini-episode of Lisk, Long Island Serial Killer. One person we've heard from in the first two episodes is retired Chief of Detectives Dominic Verone. With a career spanning over 40 years, he was an integral part of investigating many major cases in Long Island. While sitting down with him to discuss Lisk, he also recounted some of his other cases. One of those was the 1992 case of Katie Beers, the nine-year-old girl who was kidnapped and held captive in an underground bunker for 17 days. Mr. Verone spoke with us not only about how they rescued Katie and caught her kidnapper, but also how speaking publicly about these cases often helps solve them. He told us that he hopes by speaking about Lisk, it helps shed light on who the killer might be and ultimately his arrest. My name is Dominic Verone. Retired Chief of Detectives of the Suffolk County Police Department. On September 11, 1972, I, uh, I, I sworn in as an officer, and I did almost 40 years before I retired uh, at the end of 2011. Uh, I started as a police officer, and uh, I had a bachelor's degree when I started. I got a master's degree. Uh, I was in command of the hostage negotiation team as well, as well as the kidnap investigation team. Uh, and then I, I got more heavily involved in criminal investigations as my career continued, and I ended up uh, as chief of detectives. Well, there was many highlights to my career, many, many things that I got involved in. Certainly, into the, uh, we had the Long Island sniper. I was shot and killed uh, an individual who was sitting at a diner. Uh, we had the TWA 800 flight crash. I was in charge of the tactical patrol unit. I was a captain at the time, and we responded uh, to that, which turned out to be nothing more than a recovery operation, unfortunately. One of the bigger cases in my career was the Katie Beers uh, kidnapping, uh, where a nine-year-old girl was uh, abducted in December of 1992. 
and she was held underground for 17 days in an underground dungeon uh, by a pedophile, John Esposito. And as, as uh, the commander of the kidnap investigation team, I headed th that investigation. That was probably one of the highlights of my career. And then, of course, uh, my last uh, couple of years as the chief of detectives, I got involved in this, uh, the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert, as well as the Long Island serial killer case. In that, in the Katie Beer's case, what was very unusual about it is the abductor, uh, the kidnapper, actually had a sound recording device in the underground bunker. It was voice activated and pretty compelling uh, tape because uh, when he left her alone, you'd be able to hear her banging and screaming uh, and calling for her mommy and, and crying, a terrified young child uh, underground. And she actually, she came to her 10th birthday while she was in that underground dungeon. And uh, it's pretty, pretty compelling and pretty sad uh, when you hear that. I think to this day, uh, she's, she's never heard those audios. Uh, we discussed it with her a therapist, uh, and th th there's no benefit or no advantage. Certainly, uh, if at some point she wanted to, she could, but she endured enough. And I, th I think when you're thinking about other cases and families, police, the Blue family, uh, throughout their careers, deal with pain and suffering. and. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's murder, which is bad, but very often it's suffering in many other ways, particularly when a nine-year-old has to endure the pain and suffering of being held underground. But I think uh, the good detectives and the good police officers have to empathize with the victims and have to empathize with the families. And they've seen it all, particularly the homicide investigators. And I think that goes a long way for their manner in dealing with the family as well as serving as a motivating factor for them to solve cases. What was that like when you were able to free her? I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure it was a big deal for you and that, you know, it was, uh, that was relentless work for a number of weeks, correct? It was 17 days. So two weeks. And it was during the holidays. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, many of us commiserated about the fact that we weren't with our families for the holidays. Uh, uh, Christmas and throughout, for the most part, we were working on this case around the clock. Uh, but when you realize, and when, when we realized what this child endured, you realize that our pain and our little bit of misery did not compare to what she was had to endure. But for those 17 days, for me as well as all the investigators, tremendous amount of pressure. It became a national story. Uh, where was Katie Beers? Uh, we wanted to do everything we could to find her. And as each day went by, you know, our hopes diminished. And, and we thought that we would end up finding the body of Katie Beers. So uh, the fact that Esposito finally broke down the abductor and led us to where he, she was, and he had a secreted in manner that I don't think we ever would have found her. Uh, the fact that he led us to her and, and we found her and, and, and found her alive, uh, was extremely gratifying. And even more gratifying was the fact that after this child spent 17 days in an underground bunker, we'd expect her to be in a state of shock, sensory deprived, not being able to speak. Uh, but she came out bubbly, happy, uh, thrilled that she was going home, going to see her pets, and uh, it was very uplifting. 
There's many factors in the case, but basically we had around-the-clock surveillance. We, we actually were, he allowed us to stay in his house. Not exactly where she was. The underground bunker was uh, under uh, the garage, unattached garage. But we kind of tricked him into allowing us to monitor the phones under the expectation that she may try to call him if she break free from her captor. And that allowed us to be in a position to observe him. It got to the point where we were following him everywhere. And Katie herself uh, helped in him finally cracking and giving up the case. Uh, she wrote a book on the subject, Buried Memories, which has uh, a lot of details. Certainly her aspect of what she endured and also a lot of the police investigation, if anyone's interested. Hey. My name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club, Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. I'm Morgan Rector host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters, available wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's important for people to have answers. Uh, I know there's still questions in a lot of people's mind about Shannon Gilbert. And I think, uh, although the serial killer case is still an active investigation, and I'm hesitant to speak about it, and I'm going to be very careful about speaking about it because I don't in any way want to interfere with an active investigation, and more importantly, a prosecution, hopefully, of the perpetrator. So you, you have to be careful. Uh, as a law enforcement individual, either active or retired, you don't want to do anything to jeopardize the case. But I think talking about a case like this is important and helpful because it might generate uh, some interest and someone who has some information might come forward, particularly in a case like this, where there are not many leads, where most of the evidence, uh, you know, most of the time they, they were dealing with skeletal remains, you know, very little to go on. Uh, but there are things to go on, and someone may think about who may be responsible or have information on someone who they think may be involved, and they may come forward to the police. And that's all it takes, is a tip. Information leads to an arrest. Thank you for listening, and if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review as it helps others find us. And you'll hear from us soon with episode three of Lisk, Long Island Serial Killer, on Wednesday, March 18th.